Our philosophy here on Two Teas in a Pod is to use English in its most natural form. Therefore, occasionally a bad word may slip through the net. This episode contains adult language. Welcome to the podcast, Two Teas in a Pod. Welcome to the podcast, Two Teas in a Pod. Welcome back to Two Teas in a Pod. My name's Katie. And my name's Tim. Welcome back. It's good to be back. Tis indeed. How are you, Tim? Not too bad, not too bad. Uh, a bit of a bad back, but... Really? Yeah. Why? Don't know. <laughs> Get old. Getting old. Exactly. It was my birthday yesterday, so... Holy crap, was it? Yeah. Oh my God, happy birthday. <laughs> bad <laughs> friend alert. Oh my God. <laughs> You didn't mention that before you were on air. <laughs> what did you do? Uh, Sunday we had uh, board games day with did six you? people because we're only allowed six people Very nice. in our houses. Mm-hmm. What board games did you play? We played a board game called Citadel, which is like a card game where you have to like build cities and it's like a tactical one. Mm-hmm. And then we played a really good one called... What's it called? Uh... Swaparama or something? I can't remember the name. It's really good. It's really good for English. It's a good one for teachers to look up. Swaparama? Wait, something like that. Switcheroo. Switcheroo. <laughs> <laughs> Not Swaparama. <laughs> Switcheroo. It's really good. Um, it's one where you have to like uh, think of words beginning with specific letters and things. So it's very good for practicing vocabulary. So you've got like a stack of cards on the table and it's either a letter or a category. Mm-hmm. And so you can, the, the category might be, I don't know, things you eat for breakfast and mm-hmm. there's a B there. So you've got to think, ah, oh, bacon, something like that. And if you can't think of something uh, beginning with B, you can change the category with a category card. So you could switch it to like, I don't know, animals. And then the next person has to think of an animal beginning with B. So it's like a really fast game of thinking and... That sounds fun. Uh, practicing vocab. I think nice I'm going to buy it. It was good fun. And we had like fancy day. So we had fancy tea... <laughs> and then we had fancy um what else do we have fancy port we had a bottle of port that was 37 years old good lord same age as me nice then we had fancy colombian coffee nice and then what's we a had... colombian coffee just coffee from colombia coffee from colombia right. genius nice. i'm a genius yeah and then fancy scotch whiskey at the end nice so, also the... 37 years old not quite only 16 years old okay but... is is whiskey that's 37 year old Quite expensive. Yeah, I think it would be like over a thousand pounds or a lot more more for a thirty-seven-year-old whiskey. Yeah. Ah, oh, Tim, you could be worth over Maybe a thousand year. pounds if you're a whiskey. If I, only I was a whiskey. Yeah. <laughs> Sell <Cool>. you off. <laughs> Sounds fun. Yeah, it was great fun. Did you wear um, fancy clothes? No, I should have worn fancy clothes. Really, <laughs> we were just at home playing board games. So. Sounds really good fun. Yeah, it was good. Well, happy birthday. Thank you very much. God, I've got over the shock of that. Bloody hell. <laughs> Terrible friend. Um, so what are we doing today, today, Katie? All right, today is the second installment of our... Let me... I said the... Let me apologise to everyone, including the author. Richard Osman. For saying the name of the book wrong the last time we did this. But we're doing <laughs> the second installation, mm-hmm. chapters three to six of the book, Thursday... Murder. The Thursday Murder Club. The Thursday Murder Club. The Thursday Murder Club. Not the Thursday Club Murders. That's not a thing. No. <laughs> the Thursday Murder Club. 
So we're doing, looking at chapter three to six today. Uh, to quickly summarise chapters one and two, we were introduced to some of the members of the Thursday Murder Club and we were kind of had a bit of background mm-hmm. on, on each of them and we learned a little bit more about them. So they are uh, retirees, old people living in a retirement village called Cooper's Chase. Who are very interested in murder. Yeah, and they love a bit of murder. Love a bit of true crime. Yeah. As does Tim and me. We both like true crime. Everybody likes true crime. Everybody everybody likes true crime. I actually saw the other day that Richard Osman, the author, has been doing lots of publicity in Spain. Um, Lots of interviews in Spanish newspapers and things like that. Because they've just released the book, The Thursday Murder Club. In Spanish. In Spanish, in Spain. Oh, nice. So it's if called, you want to read it in Spanish. It's called El Club del Crimen de los Jueves. So the nice. Thursday Crime Club in <laughs> uh, Spanish. That makes sense, I suppose. So yeah, we were on chapter three. Uh, Katie, give us a brief uh, overview. What's chapter three all about? What chapter we learn? three, we're learning a little bit about this this village where the action takes place, as it mm-hmm. were. And learning a little bit about the kind of geography of it. It's he kind of lays out uh where this retirement village is, um, and who these people are that have set up there's a variety, isn't there? There's a variety of retirement villages, or is that just my imagination? I can't remember now from the from the text. But um it's basically it's been built by the retirement village where the the, the Thursday murder club takes place. Uh, it was built by a company called Cooper Chase, who we find out a little bit more in the the next couple of chapters. Mm-hmm. And they also you also find out that there was an old convent there, and that they're trying to sell off part of the land to build more retirement apartments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it seems like. It seems a shame because the way he describes it is very picturesque. It's very much what you'd think of in an English countryside, picturesque little village, something you'd see on an ITV Miss Marple drama. Yeah. It's very Period sort of drama. Picture postcards, uh, yeah, picture English postcard. little village. Yes. Yeah, so I think it was an old convent, right? And yes. And they had, so there used to be nuns that lived there and it's been redeveloped for. Yeah. Old people who are quite well off, no, quite wealthy old people. Indeed. I think it's quite expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a therapy pool, there's a sauna, there's a whole spa, there's a lift. Yeah. That seems quite swanky. Well, they're old people. Swanky. They need a lift, They right? need a lift, yeah. Jacuzzis, gym. stuff like that. A gym. Uh, it sounds very nice. There's mm-hmm. even something called a jigsaw room. Yeah. <laughs> sounds great. I'd be If I was an old person, I'd be in that jigsaw room all, all day. All day, every day. And that's actually where the Thursday Murder Club meets, I think. It is true. They put up a, a notice on the door saying something like, something really boring, like the meeting going on, it sounds like a really boring meeting to stop other people come in, and that's when mm. they discuss mm. um, murders and crime and things. Yeah. So uh, what we learn is that it was an old nunnery and that they basic the church, the Catholic church, once all the nuns had passed away, uh, basically... Yeah. Sold it off mm-hmm. to the highest bidder, got yeah. rid of it, which is how we are introduced for the first time to Ian Ventham. Ventham mm-hmm. or Ventham? Ventham, I think Ventham. Ian Ventham. And Tony Curran? Or Tony Curran, yeah. Tony so Curran. These are the guy, the owner. The owners of Cooper and Chase. Of Cooper's, of Cooper's Chase. Chase, rather. And he is now, Ian's trying to expand it and take take the chapel um, 
like the little church and turn it into even more flats so he can make even more money because mm-hmm. that's the kind of guy he is. Mm-hmm. We also find out at the end that um, he's also bought a load of llamas. So the field next door to the um, oh, yeah, it's true. retirement village is full of llamas. Because, to make it look quirky. Yeah, and I think he was buying llamas because he thought there was money in it and the llamas ended up breeding and he ended up with way too many llamas. <laughs> um, which is true, actually, in where I'm from in the UK. This was a big craze. What, really? Years having ago. llamas? Having llamas and alpacas. And, and then they just. And I don't know. There was a big like boom. Rabbits. And there were suddenly llamas everywhere oh, instead boom. of sheep. A boo of llamas. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, chapter three is basically just setting the scene um, to give us a bit more background. Lovely descriptive language in there. Mm-hmm. If you Definitely. were, If you were going to write a. Like, there's a. In one of the proficiency books that I've taught, there's an article about describing places. And if you were to uh, need inspiration to write an article about a description of a place, mm-hmm. uh, then read this chapter. I think there's there's plenty of plenty of language in here that would be very uh, yeah that would look very good in your article. Definitely. Um, are there any little bits of vocab you picked out from this chapter? Not, not. I don't want to focus on too much because there's so much else in the other chapters. But there was one thing that I thought was interesting, which was uh, to cash in. Mm-hmm. It says the church wasted no time cashing in, which means to uh, sell an investment yeah. and to get your money back, mm-hmm. get your money out of the uh, yeah of the investment. So it might be something that people do maybe if they know that the stock market's going to crash. They're like, quickly, cash in. Yeah, it's got quite a negative connotation, yeah. right? Yeah, because you're basically making money off something. Yeah. So. What is, is it like to sell out mm-hmm. is when you start, that's, that is that negative. is definitely negative. So sell out is similar meaning. about, well, yeah, kind of. Sell out is normally when you talk about artists, right? Yeah, that's Often true. Often music musicians. Chasing the big money and not following your own dream. Exactly. Maybe that's, that's a different meaning entirely. Forget about that. I didn't say that. Well, it's a nice expression. And then uh, an expression which, to be fair, I did not know or have never used, which was in selling it as a job lot, which mm-hmm. Tim explained to me. Yeah. And he will have to again because I've forgotten. So if you sell something as a job lot or buy something as a job lot, means you buy it like as a pack. So in this case, the um, the building was not just one building, it was several buildings and a church, and they sold it to Ian altogether. So you get, we assume he got a discounted price for yes. buying all of a the buildings. A package deal. Like a package deal, so nice. a job lot. Um, and then right at the very end of the chapter, in the final sentence, it says that, in a nutshell, is what this place is. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell... I love that expression. It's great. Meaning in summary or... Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. In summary, yeah, <laughs> in to summary. summarize, okay. In a nutshell. In a nutshell. saying something in, in fewer words, in a nutshell. It's it always a reminds one. me of Austin Powers in a nutshell. Oh, oh really? I'm stuck inside a nutshell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, that's chapter three. Two teas in a pod. So moving on to chapter four... Chapter four, we have another entry from Joyce's diary. Um, Good old Joyce. Good old Joyce. We don't know a lot about Joyce yet, but we know she's started a diary. We maybe get some some insight into her attitudes in this diary. Mm -hmm. The main aim of this entry, this chapter, is to describe how the Thursday Murder Club first formed Mm -hmm. and to talk a little bit about what they do. Um, so we have 
the various different characters or different members of the Thursday Murder Club, um, beginning with Ibrahim. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ibrahim, we know, was a psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And uh, he's indeed very, you know, I guess we're thinking like criminal psychology. Mm-hmm. He's applying that here and then bringing that skill to the club. Mm-hmm. Joyce, as we already know before, it used to be a nurse. So she's got like the medical An side of things. Anatomical yeah. side of stuff going on. Could also help with the forensics and things. Indeed. Um, then there was Penny at one point, though mm-hmm. Penny, we are not really sure at the moment why she's no longer in the club, but she used to work for the Kentish police mm-hmm. um, as an inspector um, and therefore has the, the go, those investigation skills, yeah. uh, along with Elizabeth, and they seem to go, we don't really know what Elizabeth does. Yeah, she's Elizabeth's a bit, a bit more mysterious. We don't, it says, don't I'm not know. supposed to say what Elizabeth used to do for a living. Mm, so keeping mm, that intriguing. one secret. But the club was originally formed by Penny and Elizabeth. Yeah. Um, and they go through everything with a fine tooth comb, meaning in great detail. Yeah. And then the last member was is Ron, who we met in the, in chapter two, who's the ex-trade unionist who loves uh, a protest and <laughs> yeah. getting into arguments mm-hmm. and standing up and defending people. So I think he's got a lot of uh, useful skills when it comes to investigating things or looking into lies and detecting yes. when people aren't maybe not being truthful and he things just, like that. Uh, he's got a natural disposition to not believe anyone. Mm-hmm. And that's actually how he joined the club, as we were saying. Um, they started the club in the jigsaw room and they put a notice on the door saying, uh, Japanese opera, a discussion. <laughs> hoping <laughs> to, that, avoid, to avoid anyone coming in. Yeah, so yeah. hoping that uh, people would read it and go, no, I have no interest in... Japanese opera, I'm not going to go in there. And Ron went straight in because he knew that it was bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> he suspected that it was a lie and that's how he joined the club. Um, no. And what do they actually do in the club, Katie? So they go through old cold case files. Cold mm-hmm. case files are files that have never been, well, cases that have never been closed. The, yeah. the suspect was never arrested mm-hmm. or charged. And um, they seem to lay them out on the big jigsaw table yeah. and uh, have a look at all of these really gruesome crimes and yeah. analyze analyze things. And they get in occasional uh, experts in a field to, to help them out with certain mm-hmm. things as, as they go, like judges and mm-hmm. forensic officers and accountants and lots of, lots of different glass blowers and horse breeders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so well. A lot of a variety of experts. They've all got lots of contacts from their old lives so they can bring in, yeah, this expert advice to really dig into the cases and see if they can find anything new. Like they're looking at the witness statements and reading them all and mm. I think they say the idea they don't like the idea that a murderer might be out there relaxing, doing a Sudoku who's <laughs> yeah. got away with murder. Thinking he'd got away with murder. Exactly. So that that's their you know, the justice that they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And they're all very, very inter- interested in it. And the case they're looking at here is, um, in this particular diary entry, is about a woman who has been, well, she's been killed. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth thinks it's by the boyfriend. Um, but we're not entirely sure. He, we know he's run away, but they're, they're still invest- in the middle of investigating it. So mm-hmm. we're not entirely sure what the outcome is is yet. Yeah. 
So I think it's uh, an old case that Penny was directly involved in when she was a police officer. So they're trying to solve it for her. And this the the boyfriend ran away and escaped and actually punched Penny in the face as well, it says here. Oh, really? He'd given Penny a belt for her troubles too. Oh, oh right. So to <laughs> give someone a belt. a literal thing. <laughs> to give someone a belt doesn't mean you're giving them an item <laughs> I really of clothing. like that, literally. To, okay, so... To belt someone means to, to hit somebody. Hit, um, wow, yeah. you know, I'm learning a lot here today, mm-hmm. Tim. Thank you so much. I'm so glad we're doing yeah. this. Job lot and to belt someone. So even though Penny's doesn't seem to be in the club anymore, the club continue to solve her or try and solve her old her cases. Old stuff. Mm-hmm. Which is probably how they get hold of the cases in the first place, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Um, so it just gives a nice insight into you know, yeah. a bit more detail of the characters um, and how they came together and yeah, the different expertise that they have and how they work. Um, I think it's nice and quite funny as the rest, as most of the book is. Yeah, it's it's very amusing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as the meet as the chapter comes to an end, she mentions that she's setting up chairs for a big consultation that's happening uh, later that day. Um, talking about developing the new part of the um, of the what do yeah. you call it the so retirement village yeah that that we discussed that we were introduced to in chapter three mm-hmm. and uh, so they want to convert the chapel and issues. dig mm-hmm. up the graveyard and build where the and graveyard uproot all the trees yeah so that's uh, trouble brewing problems yes. are coming problems soon. are you know, we're introduced mm-hmm. to well, I guess the premise on which the next part of the book is, is based. Exactly. Were there any little bits of vocabulary that you picked out from? Yeah, man, there was some really good stuff. I've kept mm-hmm. it. I'm going to keep this to a minimum because there was so much here. But um, to get away with murder, mm-hmm. we, we, that we were disc- they're, they're discussing the murder. They can't stand the idea that a murderer is sitting doing a Sudoku and mm-hmm. to get away with murder. So you, you've got, I mean, literally to get away with something means to escape justice. Yeah, escape punishment. Uh, and this, yeah. in this case, it's to get away with murder. They're escaping the justice of, 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 of a crime they've committed. Mm-hmm. But you can also get away with something else a bit more menial. Yeah. Um, so, for example, I got away with... Not um, doing my homework. Not doing my homework. Yeah, the teacher didn't check. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God. Just thinking about all my students. <laughs> they never get away with their not doing their homework. Um it's a nice expression here. They have the name of their newsletter. Um, so the the retirement village is called Cooper's Chase, and they make they make a newsletter. So they're giving it like a little mini newspaper. They give out to the people who live there, and it's called Cut to the Chase. And Cut to the Chase is quite a nice expression, which means directly to the heart of the matter. Yeah, just get to the point. Get you to know, the point. Don't talk about unnecessary things. Focus on the main idea that you want to express. Exactly. So you can use this in uh, meetings, for example, if someone's seems to be going around the houses. Blah blah blah. Talking too much. Going and not, around the houses. No. Go another one. <laughs> yeah, circling the issue. Circling the main point. You can say, "Hey, cut to the chase. Let's, Come on. Uh, let's stop going around the houses and let's cut, cut to, the, to chase. the chase." Okay, that's make your point. Two idiomatic phrases in one there. Mm-hmm. Um, what was another one that you got there? Um, we've got, we all have a sob story. Mm-hmm. To sob is to cry in a yeah. really dramatic fashion. Mm-hmm. And a sob story is like a, a sad background story or a sad history. Yeah. You'd maybe say, uh, we have a sob story. It's maybe often said quite ironically. Yeah. So. 
yeah. most flattering of expressions. Exactly. Maybe someone uses it um, if they're th- inventing an excuse. Mm. They're like, oh, don't give me your sob story. Yes. You know, I don't believe you. You're trying to explain why they're, I don't know, late for class or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another um, one. Another nice couple of idiomatic ones here as well. To preach to, to the converted. Yeah. Which means um, you're already, you're trying to sell someone on an idea that they're already sold on. Yeah, exactly. So you're trying to convince them of something that they already believe or mm-hmm. already convinced of. So there's no there's no point in doing that. They already, yeah. they agree with you. Yeah. You, you don't need say, to try to persuade them. You can say, you're preaching to the converted here. Mm-hmm. I already believe in this idea. We see this a lot on social media. It's I true. think with these days, if you only follow politicians or people you agree with, um, quite often people are always preaching to the converted. The only p- people getting your message are people that already agree with your message. Indeed, that's very true. Mm-hmm. And the other one, there is an alternative expression, which is to preach to the choir. Mm-hmm. So you're preaching in the wrong direction, mate. Turn around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Try and convince someone else. Someone else. Someone who doesn't believe it. Um, and then another one is uh, to give someone pause for thought, which mm-hmm. means to... Uh, Say something or do something that makes, makes someone stop think. and think. Yeah. And reconsider. Yeah. It's pause for thought. Pause spelt P A U S E, mm-hmm. not like the hands and feet of an animal. Yeah. No. Pause for thought. Pause. Um, there was one that I like is to uh, get first dibs or mm. give first dibs. So to get first dibs. Um, this one's especially relevant to me coming from uh, I've got three siblings. So whenever, for example, we were choosing, I don't know, who gets a, f- uh, a flavor of ice cream if there's only one of each flavor of ice cream or something like that, mm-hmm. it's important to get first dibs, mm-hmm. meaning to be the first one to choose. Did you all tend to like the same flavor of ice we cream? We did, yeah. So it's very important to get what first was, what, dibs. What was your favorite ice cream flavor as a child? Uh, I liked uh, strawberry or raspberry. I see. And, and so if there was, say, a strawberry... Um, a chocolate um, and a chocolate, vanilla. A vanilla and a one with almonds in. Yeah. If you're getting for you're you're select you're taking the strawberry. If you're getting first dibs. If I dibs, get first dibs, I'm straight in the strawberry. strawberry. Yeah. So it's said to be the first one to choose. Um, it's a good one. And the last one was a hoo ha. A, a fearsome hoo ha. A hoo ha. A hoo ha means um, a kind of a. A disagreement. A, a commotion. A commotion. A disagreement. Okay. So you could say, for example, I don't know, there was a big hoo-ha, uh, but in my family, about who got first who dibs got the for the oh, ice there cream. Go. Perfect. <laughs> There's always a big argument or a discussion about it. Um, yeah, so it's something where there's lots of uh, yeah, uh, noise and arguing. And, <laughs> and fearsome in this case. Yeah. It's Maybe slightly quite terrifying to behold. Right, Very that's good. chapter four. That's chapter four. Two teas in a pod. Okay, so chapter five, we are introduced to Ian Bentham. Ian Bentham. He's been mentioned before, but this is the first time we're really mm-hmm. getting to know him. Yeah, this is a really funny chapter. It's a fun chapter, this one. Yeah. Well, how would you describe Ian, Tim? Uh, I would say he's very big-headed. Um... Well, it's difficult to describe him without using uh, swear words. <laughs> he's definitely being set up as the villain of the book, I think, in a way. Yeah, he is he's, a nasty, he's a nasty piece of work. He's a nasty piece him. of work. So he's the owner of Cooper's Chase, of the retirement village. Um, and he's made lots of money off 
building this retirement, buying these old uh, convent and church buildings and converting them into um, retirement, uh, well, retirement homes for old people. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of see why he's made so much money because he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He cuts a lot of corners. Yeah. He is, um, he really tries to, to make money wherever he possibly can, yeah. even if it's, you know, you know, where people can't really afford it. Yeah. Um, he, um, Tries to pay people scams less than people. he should. Yeah, yeah he pays, doesn't pay people the money that they, they need. Mm-hmm. He is not a nice person. He's kind of like, uh, not to get political, but he seems like a small town English Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, extremely um, capitalist Yeah, in a nasty way. In a very selfish. Selfish way. Yeah. In fact, that's, that's uh, discussed in the very first paragraph. Mm-hmm. He is a totally healthy man, and yet he parks in the, in the last disabled parking spot yeah. in this uh, supermarket. So he's going, pulling into Waitrose, Waitrose, which is quite kind of a, an upmarket supermarket mm-hmm. in the UK. Um, in the UK, we're obsessed with class. Yes, that's and true. The supermarket you shop at is is very important. It says a lot. So the (laughs) idea that you shop in a Waitrose, Waitrose is like the top, or one of the top supermarkets. So it's kind of a status. Organic. Yeah. Pay six six pounds for an avocado. It's kind of like a Whole Foods. Well, we now have Whole Foods in the UK, but it's a similar sort of, there's a status attached with shopping in a supermarket. That's very true. A status. Mm -hmm. It's a status symbol. Yeah. And yeah, so he drives straight into the last available disabled place, uh, parking place. Not because he's disabled, but because it's the one nearest the door. Yeah, exactly. So, and he walks in and as he walks in, he's talking about Bogdan, mm-hmm. who is, uh, we've, we discover is a Polish uh, builder and he's retiled his swimming pool and he owes a lot of money to Bogdan, £4,000 in fact. Yeah. But he's been trying to avoid paying him, hoping that he'll be deported from the country. Yeah. So again, we get kind of a, an idea of this kind of person this guy is. Mm-hmm. It's almost like there's like reason upon reason upon reason why he's <laughs> yeah, it's a horrible like, person. He's just jammed every, <laughs> Richard in, this, in the writer, it's just jammed in every sentence yeah. why this guy's a bad guy. New reasons to hate this guy. Yeah. I like that when he walks, so he's meeting Bogdan in the cafe in the supermarket. Um, and he walks in, walks up to buy his coffee, and he says, is all your coffee fair trade? Which is something you might ask before ordering, thinking, oh, that's, a, that's good, fair trade is good. Mm-hmm. Well, fair trade, if, if you don't know, is uh, meaning that the people who produce the coffee are treated well. Mm-hmm. Um, the workers deal. are paid mm-hmm. uh, a correct amount, and they, and they get a good deal. And maybe you would ask this, before saying, oh, that's fantastic that all your coffee's fair trade. I'll have that one. But why is Ian asking this, Katie? Because he doesn't want to pay. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't want to pay an extra 15 pence yeah. to help, you know, people that he'll never meet in a country that he'll never go to. He doesn't give a shit. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> why should I pay more? And then he goes, oh, well, I'm not going to get coffee then. I'm going to get a cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> and then he has almond milk in his Oh, it's because he's well. worried about his health. Yeah, exactly. So there's lots of little... Um, What's the word? Contradictions in his <laughs> very much in his character. Um, and then he goes. He's on the way over to the table to meet Bogdan. He meets uh, someone over sixty, and he thinks, "Ah, someone's over sixty, and they're in the drinking a calf coffee in a waitress cafe. Mm-hmm. That means they've got money, and they might be needing a retirement village sometime soon." Shit! I should have brought my brochures for my yeah. retirement village. So he's always on the lookout for. 
opportunities to sell his retirement village. Can you imagine like if someone came up and gave you a brochure to a retirement village? <laughs> Quite depressing. We now also find out that he is scared. It says that his uh, he is, his biggest worry is being killed by Tony Curran. Mm. We then learn that the reason he's speaking to Bogdan is he wants to fire Tony Curran, who is his main builder or his partner. Um, and because he's about to take on this new development, um, converting the graveyard and the chapel, uh, he wants to cut Tony out of it so that he can make more money. So his idea is to fire or sack Tony and replace him with Bogdan because Bogdan will be cheaper. Exactly. Bogdan will be cheaper and more easy to manipulate, I'm guessing. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then he then tries to uh, pay Bogdan. He owes him 4,000 quid for this uh, mm-hmm. swimming pool. But ends up paying him less than, or just over half yeah. of what he owes him. So he first tries to say, because Bogdan's recently... Um, he seems like quite a clever redone guy. the grouting, so the, the spaces between the tiles in the swimming pool. And he shows Bogdan a picture of the swimming pool that Bogdan <laughs> uh, worked on. Saying, look, the, the the work you did wasn't good enough. The, the colors changed. And Bogdan takes the phone and says, no, that's a filter. <laughs> Switches the filter off and says, like, it's no, perfectly fine. pay me my money. And so he says, okay. He owes him 4000 He says, okay, here's 3000 Gives him an envelope. <laughs> and then while Bogdan's opening the envelope, he says, well, actually, it's 2800 So <laughs> it's like, Which Layer. Bogdan accepts. And Bogdan's like, oh, okay, I'll take it. No. So it's like... Layer upon layer of bastard actions. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they kind of talk about what, you know, firing Tony and uh, and Bogdan taking over. Mm-hmm. And um, then he talks about he's going to fire Tony uh, after this big meeting that's about to take place. And he's yeah. going to do it in front of witnesses mm-hmm. because he doesn't want Tony to kill him. Yeah. You get the impression that Tony's quite a violent character. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got it all planned out that, you know, he wants to do it in an open place so that he can't, won't be immediately killed. And then he's basically asking Bogdan, well, Bogdan, can you step up from just doing swimming pools to doing, you know, developing the new buildings, and the new projects? Um, Bogdan seems pretty confident he's up for it. Yeah, Bogdan's happy to do that. And then he, he goes on to talk about, we get a bit more characterization. He's listening to these audio books about Self-help um, books, motivational yeah. audio books by Cold Killer Be Killed. Yeah. Um, Written by the Israeli Special Forces. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like applying battleground, battleground uh, tactics to business. To the business, to the, to the boardroom. Yeah. And then we also learn about uh, his smoothies. So oh, he's, yeah. he's these smoothies that he's been trying to sell. He's had this idea of manufacturing them. So again, he's always looking for business opportunities. Oh, and then he talks about uh, he had an ice box, which is like a mini fridge put into his car, yeah. which he had done at the same time he had his his glove box gold-plated. Yeah. <laughs> so the glove box <laughs> is where you keep... Twat. Like the little box you have at the front of the car inside where you're supposed to put your gloves. <laughs> he had it gold-plated. And then he's what driving a, a Range Rover. So we have an image as well in the UK of... People that have a Range Rover are People normally have a, very, very posh. Yeah, exactly. They've got lots of money and it's also a status thing. But his yeah. has got a fridge and a gold-plated glove box. <laughs> what an idiot. So he's making these, these the smoothies, smoothie, yeah. which has got so many ingredients So many in complicated it. ingredients. Yeah. We won't go through all of them, but no. it's full of like 
I don't know, 15 different ingredients. Well, it's all his own invention. And then he calls it, keep it simple. <laughs> <laughs> so it sounds like the most complicated smoothie. Yeah. But then Again, his... another, mm-hmm. um, what do you call that? Contradiction. Contradiction. So he's quite a contradictory character. And not aware, like completely unaware of his yeah. contradictions. Completely his... unaware of it. Yeah. And then uh, he's about to go and fire Tony, and he says he's gonna. He Google the stab proof vest, yeah. but there wasn't same day delivery. He wasn't gonna pay for same day delivery. Yeah. So uh, exactly. he wasn't gonna protect himself. Yeah. From potentially getting stabbed. Mm-hmm. And then as he's driving away from the from the supermarket, there's obviously a very angry disabled woman shouting at him for having parked in the, the disabled space. Day. And his response is, "I got there first, love." <laughs> It's just like, yeah. So really hammering home, really making it very explicit how much of a bad person this guy is. Really, uh, really nasty piece of work. Mm -hmm. And the chapter ends with the line, Ian is not planning on dying today. Which maybe sets up like he Mm. might be dying today. Who knows? That's what we're hinting at. So that was a fun chapter. I really enjoyed that one. Made me laugh a lot. So let's go through some language. Yeah. What have you picked out? Um, I particularly liked, well, there's a nice little, uh, bit of slang. Uh, you actually used a bit of slang as well earlier. Did I? What you did said I say? quid. Oh, uh, yeah. So, I think we've talked about that in previous episodes, but yeah. go on. Uh, so a quid is a pound. Um, so if you say 10 quid, you mean 10, 10 pounds. pounds. Um, and here we're talking about thousands of pounds. So a thousand pounds is called a grand. So we have this conversation where Bogdan and... Tony are talking about no Bogdan and Ian sorry talking about the money he owes him mm-hmm. and he saying he owes him four grand mm-hmm. um, and then talking about two grand and three grand okay so they're talking about thousands, thousands of, pounds of pounds whenever they mention grand um, something else I noticed was uh, I need someone to step up and take his place mm-hmm. so step up meaning to fill a space yeah exactly take Maybe his move. place Move up into move a, up the ladder. a higher role. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a promotion. Good. I like the expression, a mug. Yeah. So we're not talking about a mug like something you would drink tea from. No. A mug just means an, Ill- an idiot. Yeah. Or someone easily, very gullible, yeah. maybe. Easily tricked, easily yes. cheated. So he's talking about, yeah, not wanting to pay for Amazon Prime. Because mm. it costs him extra. And he says... They must think he's a mug if they think he's going to pay extra for Amazon. So we often have, especially people like uh, Ian, who are constantly trying to cheat and trick people. He obviously thinks other people are mugs, are idiots all the time. Yeah. There was another thing that, you know, speaking, thinking people are idiots. He says he's talking about this consultation meeting he's going to have with Cooper's Chase uh, at Cooper Chase about expanding the retirement village. And he says uh, he's going to not politely, he's going to wear a tie. He's going to call everyone by their first names. Mm-hmm. He's going to come in and be all charming. And he says people lap that sort of thing up. Yeah. So meaning he's going to be disingenuous and people are going to love it. Yeah. They're going to as fall long at his he... feet and do whatever he says. Yeah, as long as he gives the appearance of caring by yes. using their names then people lap, lap up. that up they're like wow they're like they um, absorb it and they really like it it's like cats uh, yes cats lap up milk when they're drinking their milk really quickly they're <laughs> um, <so>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, there's one more. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tony Curran hadn't blinked an eye, meaning um, he's there talking about um, expanding the care home and everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, when they say he hadn't blinked an eye, it doesn't mean he literally blinked an eye. It's metaphorical, meaning he wasn't surprised or he hadn't mm-hmm. been shocked. So yeah. hadn't blinked an eye. To not blink an eye or to not bat an eye. Or not to bat an eye as well. So not be affected or surprised by something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had one come that was a seamless transition. Nice. So it's talking about getting he's changing, having a transition, changing Bogdan, um, changing Ian for sorry. Changing Tony for Bogdan. Mm-hmm. He's saying he wants a seamless transition, so a transition that you where you cannot notice any smooth. difference. Very smooth. No yeah. bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the very last one I've got here is a leap worth taking. So a jump or a risk mm-hmm. that's worth the effort. Yeah. A leap worth taking. Mm-hmm. Good. All right. So that's uh, chapter three, four, and five. There you go. That's the second chunk of the book. Um, what do you think is going to happen next, Tim? Well, it's obviously setting up for something to happen to Ian. By the way that they've introduced him, they've obviously set him up as a horrible person. So you're kind of, in a way, wanting him to something bad to happen mm-hmm. to him. Oh yeah, you don't you don't care for Ian at the no, end of this not chapter. At all. That's true. Um, and I assume the Thursday Murder Club are gonna investigate anything that might happen. Mm. Let's find mm-hmm. out. Let's find out in the next few chapters. All right. Thank you for joining us. And see you next time. <laughs> Goodbye. Bye. Welcome to the podcast, two teas in a pod. Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to the podcast, two teas in a pod. Thanks a lot for listening to the show. Just like to thank everyone involved in the two teas in a pod team, specifically Ben Ward, our wonderful producer for recording and editing all of the episodes. Also Mark Wilding for designing our logo and all our branding. Um, Lisa Marie Court, Bernice Ray, Vicky Milena, and our own Katie Wright for singing our jingles, and all you lovely listeners for listening along. And of course, to the wonderful Katie Wright, my wonderful co-host. Bye!